Welcome to the Pup Sports Podcast. I'm coming to you live on a Wednesday night, even though this will get to you guys later this week. Um, we're going to begin today's show before we get to our guest of honor, our alumni interview, with uh, with some upcoming uh, dates of importance for those out there in the prep community, um, specifically those upcoming students uh, looking to start their uh, their current year. Um, we have the first day of football. Uh, what I'm really excited about and the Pup Sports Podcast is really excited about is Wednesday, August 21st. So next week it starts up and uh, two days begin. Um, after that, uh, just after that actually, freshman orientation is on Thursday, August 22nd. And then uh, to follow that, we actually have the exciting announcement of the first day of all fall sports on Monday, August 26th. And then for all those kids looking forward to getting back to school, Wednesday, August 28th, uh, just about a week away, uh, is the first day of school. So uh, wrap up your summer plans and uh, get ready for the ensuing year to come. Uh, Something really to look forward to. Uh, But now let's uh, let's shift into things as far as why we're here today and why you're listening is we have the privilege of having Stephen Angelo Ferraro joining us as our first alumni interview. Stephen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Nate. You know, uh, you were in the graduation uh, graduating class of 2011, like myself, and so it's it's awesome to have you here uh, as kind of that first person I get to sit down to because not only did I have a relationship with you at prep, but you know I still have a relationship with you today. So thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Now, uh, to kick things off first today, what we're going to do is we're going to do some icebreaker questions and uh, kind of get you in the mood of answering uh, uh, answering these questions. Some will be prep-related, some will just be personal preference. So, uh, without further ado, Stephen, height and weight. What I'm listed as or my real height and weight? Now, we're not looking at the depth <laughs> chart, uh, what we used to do and lie back in high school. We want current height and weight. Okay, so high school, I was I played the five, so they had me listed at, you know, 6'5", 230, but probably stand about 6'3", 195. That's a considerable difference. <laughs> uh, now, uh, looking at and getting into your prep days and career uh, as both a basketball and football standout, uh, what was your football number? Football number 39. There we go. Yeah, yeah it was. Shout out uh, to Brooks Bonham. <laughs> Took my number afterwards. Uh, next, uh, basketball now. What was that number? Deuce Deuce, 22. Deuce Deuce, <laughs> deuce, deuce uh, playing homage to Dom Parola, who was he also Deuce Deuce, or is that uh, Matt Chastic? Two pick. Two, Two pick, pick Parola. Two pick Parola, yep. Uh, now, uh, a quick either or question right here. A burrito or pup muffin? Oh, I was a pup muffin guy. Really? Burrito, burrito in the morning, pup muffin at break. Now I remember quite often that we had a good friend Pat Richard that would get his, <laughs> leave his at the table, and then we would uh, pursue to all take a bite out of it, and he would fall into that trick every single time. Yeah, that's all alleged. I can't confirm or deny any of that. Now shifting into this, Letterman's jacket or class ring? Ooh. Probably Letterman's jacket. Yeah, not too many class rings in our day. Plus, um, you saved that for probably your state championship, right? I think my mom took away my class ring. I don't think I ever got that. That was one of those things she's like, you're just going to lose. I'm going to put this in the in the box somewhere in the basement. All right, next one may be a little bit tougher for you. McIntyre or McKenna? Oh, don't make me don't make me choose between those two. 
definitely just great coaches and and i can't answer that that's that's a tough one all right we'll we'll agree and we'll we'll be bipartisan on that one Uh, mac during the fall maddie during the during the winter how political of an answer now uh (laughs) what about this one big manfred or little manfred oh gosh big big paul manfred always has a place in my heart just because he was our freshman hoops coach yeah that was pretty cool now, uh, for those that are going to be seeing this uh, when the podcast is posted, uh, we had the privilege of looking back at some photos uh, <laughs> of back in the day. And there was one in particular that everyone's going to have the liberty to see when this podcast gets posted is there was a graduation photo in which you oh, took wow. with Duchesne. Uh, what was the backstory in that one? And uh, what was the fallout? You know, there wasn't much of a backstory. It was an impulsive decision that I later regretted. You know, it was one of those things where you walk across at graduation and then you shake Duchesne's hand and get a picture with him. And I thought it was just a picture. I didn't know my mom had paid $80 to get one of the portraits sent to the house. And so I I threw up a mean mug, I think we called it back in the day. And he's he was given the classy smile and I had a scowl on my face and came in the mail two weeks later. And my mom was <laughs> less than thrilled. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Oh, no worries. Well, we've moved past it. That was back in 2011, and we're now sitting in the present. And so um, the first thing I want to do, though, and to kind of outline what this podcast is going to flow like, we'll take kind of your days leading up to prep, during prep, and then now life after prep. Uh, so in that regard, the first thing I want to kind of shift into is looking at and saying, um, where did you go to grade school? I was an All Saints Crusader. Oh, all right. Product of the parochial league. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, I do remember that. I think I remember a couple times not faring too well against you, Chuck, Pat, (laughs) and company, and Stefan, who um, had the hops back in the day. It was touching rim in like third grade. (laughs) Now, um, on that note and going to All Saints, did that influence you going to prep? Yeah, I think it did in a lot of ways. Mostly just those friends that the the friendships that I made at All Saints. Um, sports had a lot to do with it as well, and just kind of that Catholic Jesuit education. I think prep was a pretty easy decision for me. I also lived in the Ferris School District, so you know I'd rather be homeschooled than go there. So it was a pretty easy choice. Now I noticed that when you went to prep, you didn't continue the baseball career. You kind of left that back in at All Saints. You know I had to hang up the baseball cleats. Left them on the diamond. I uh, it was it was never my sport. Yeah. Um, now, let's look at this. You get to prep, all right. And this may be more of a um, looking back and retrospective type of question. But who was one teacher and one coach that had an influence on you at the time? Gosh, that's another tough question. I think. I would have had different, very different answers if you asked me this during high school rather than now. Um, but looking back on it, and I, high school me would never believe this, but I think H.T. Higgins is actually one of those guys that one way or another, he, he got through to me. Um, I can just hear him now clicking his heels, clapping in his hands and going, Mr. Ferraro. You with? You with? <laughs> I think I think some of that was that he was kind of my first exposure. He was my he was our high school football coach, freshman football, and then I had him for math, freshman and sophomore year, and then he bumped up to uh, he was my positions coach. So no matter how much I wanted to, I couldn't get away from him, and he he wouldn't let me either. So 
Yeah, no, I, I like that. And I think that you definitely, like you said, have a different perspective once you get outside and you're not in the thick of things and it's not, hey, I need this grade and this teacher isn't, you know, doing everything I want them to do or they're not, um, you know, easy. And so when you're asked, I think while you're in high school, it's more about, oh, that teacher was really easy. That why that teacher was awesome. And then we can look back, I think, after the fact and say, hey, it's because of the fact that they challenged me, they opened the door to this and this, and that's why I think more so they were kind of the teacher for me. I think I think that's exactly it. Um, you know, not that we're so much more mature now, but I can look back and, uh, you know, I, I, was a, I was a knucklehead in high school and HT wasn't going to let me off the hook and he, he pushed me and, and challenged me and, uh, you know, just wanted me to be a better man. I could probably still tell you the... Uh, the profile of he used to make me sit in the front of class on a little island there and he'd be like ferraro what are, what's the profile of a graduate and i could always remember like four out of the five but i could never get that last one so yeah no i think it was committing to doing justice open uh, to growth op- academically focused Competent. or something like that yeah. yeah you know it's been too long but yeah no that's exactly it yeah. um, he beat it into me i may not remember it but it's somewhere deep down in there Okay, let's take us back now um, after having that kind of high-level question. Let's take back to Stephen Ferraro, freshman year, um, starting in high school. What do you remember about your freshman A basketball team? Freshman A basketball, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a wild ride. That was the Paul Manfred team. We had, we had a lot of talent on that team, maybe even too much talent for the, for the prep system. We had about... 10 guys on that team all coming from different AU teams where we were all kind of the top dog on our team. Uh, you know, probably averaged a com- we could have put up 120 points a game, but that's not that's not bullpup basketball and Paul Manfred's not the guy that's going to let you uh, you know, dribble up the court and play some sloppy two-man game, one-man game and shoot. And so I was I was a I think I was like sixth or seventh man on that team. I was I was riding the bench. And you were loving the 50 offense. I was not loving the 50 offense. <laughs> Pass, screen away. Pass, screen away. <laughs> yeah. All right, coach, I think we can throw another little mix into this. Okay, where you're going to stay, instead of you're going to pass, screen away, you're going to pop out, take the shot. That's imaginative. All right. Um, now, looking at it from the standpoint of that freshman A team and the talent that you just talked about, um, if that group of guys would have stayed together, do you think you could have had even more success as you guys went further into high school? God, that's a really tough question. And I, you know, we're, we're all still pretty close and kind of how things panned out. We had, we had some people leave and I think that we could have, I think we were all good enough and no one would, we were all selfless enough that we could have made it work. Um, but it, it was hard. That was a lot of talent on one team and especially for the prep system. It, it, it might it might not have, might not have panned out how how it ended up panning out. Yeah, you know I think that you know just growing up in a family of coaches and being that so active a part of my upbringing, it's dependent on whether or not a coach or a player can be coachable. That's huge, mm-hmm. and I know that when you surround a team and you even see it in today's NBA and today's college basketball, just because you have superstars all on one team doesn't mean it's ultimately going to be immediate success. And or the guys are going to gel. I mean, because you, if that's true, you got 10 egos on a team. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an excellent point to say that that's a really tough call to make. Um, but it created for some interesting matchups later in your high school career because, <laughs> hey, you know, you got to go against the Rhone Tillett 
and uh, <laughs> you know Devon Cole. Um, believe he likes to be called Devin. Is that correct? You're gonna have to ask Shane about that. I, <laughs> Devon, Devon, I would never say that if you're listening. Devon <laughs> Trey, he's uh, a soldier. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then we had Nick Hellenthal as well that uh, went away from that team. And then uh, a couple others that uh, were a part of the team and I think that just stopped playing basketball but remained at prep. But, you know, there's a fun photo that I'll have to show you in a little bit <laughs> in which shows all of you guys still uh, all together in that freshman A level. It was pretty cool. How about Johnny Bartage? Johnny Bartage, that you know career there, cut too short. If there was one guy that I envied because of the fact I always fancied myself of, you know, I'm going to out-hustle people, that guy, Not every Johnny. time we ran suicides, was first. And it was like, there goes my hope yeah. because that was my only hope of making an, an impact. And he stole that and beat everyone by a mile, I remember. And Johnny played the four. And he's he's a good couple inches shorter than me and probably like 20 pounds lighter. And he, that, that guy played the four, and he would set a meaner screen than most of most of the fives that I've played with. You know, what's crazy about that, too, when I think about it now is, yes, you had Manfred as the freshman A coach, but when you moved to JV, you had McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And then you had McIntyre when he made the transition to the varsity coach. So um, we'll get to that in a little bit, but it just had that kind of revelation of wow man you really had mcintyre more than a lot of other people would have and kind of saw him at different stages of his career Mm -hmm. really cool um now what i want to know and which i've had the privilege of playing basketball with you outside of school beyond school now (laughs) and what i always used to wonder is where did it come from like it always seemed as if when we're on the court it's something really easy to you and um I don't know. Did your dad play? Where did those skills come from? Because I have literally no clue. It's in my DNA. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I think I, I was just that kid that just picked up picked up a ball, any kind of ball, whether it was soccer, basketball. Actually, those are really the only two sports. But I was like, you know, I would, I was just, you know, I was the kid that all my toys in my cradle were were balls, and uh, <laughs> I just just couldn't get my hands off the balls and. Uh, I think that's why it's so natural for me now. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, I'm part, or I guess I'm a little confused that the Spokane Club wouldn't be credited to your basketball <laughs> ability because I can remember many uh, a three-on-three games in which we shared there. That was that was where the um, that was where the legends were born. So the Spokane Club, some of those three-on-three games, games of 21, that was when the... Uh, that was when when you showed up and, and got some got your teeth knocked out. Yeah, you know, I always enjoyed those times. Um, and when we'd close those out with the reminiscent half-court shot and the one to make it, uh, the others had to, to uh, pay for the protein shake. So I do remember <laughs> some fond memories of making one or two myself. Hefty wager, hefty wager. <laughs> now, um... Especially because we were all putting on our parents' card anyway, so. But it was more it was more the uh, the principle behind it. Hey guys, I got you on this one, okay? Uh, now I want to fast forward senior year, and I want to challenge you for a minute. Mm. Can you give me the starting five lineup of your senior basketball varsity team? Oh, for sure. Ryan Gregory, Mac, Max Graves, Max Gruber. No, I'm just kidding. Those were the bench guys. They, had, had they, they could have been starters. Like... They could have been starters. Um, <laughs> it was so we had uh, TJ Bracey at the one, Chris Sarbaugh at the one slash two, uh, Shane Schmidlcoffer at the anything you need him to be, 
um, Parker Kelly at the four slash one slash two slash three, and then me at the five somehow. Well, I knew you were probably going to round that team out with yourself at the bottom <laughs> there. Now, um, are you sure that Ryan Thomas Gregory Jr. the third was not part of that starting lineup? You know, he would work his way into the starting lineup every once in a while. And, uh, you know, we gave him quite a bit of crap for it, but he, Ryan Gregory's a good guy. He, he was a hard worker and we, we rode him pretty hard and he took it He took it like a champ. Yeah. Now, did you, did you mention TJ Bracey? TJ Bracey. Was he a part, was he a starter? He was a starter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you mentioned some of the supporting cast. We had names like Max Graves, Will Koharski. Big Will. Uh, Max Gruber. Uh-huh. Uh, we had Machu Delgado. Machu, he could have been a starter. He, he, he could have gone either way. I think Machu led the league in uh, minutes on the bench. Nothing against Machu, but he was unfortunately surrounded by incredible talent. But talk about a guy that had been on that freshman 18 with you guys uh-huh. and survived it when everyone looked at it and said, no way will Machu make it. Machu survived every single year and was part of your guys' team. He was a survivor. Not only did he survive, he thrived. He's probably one of the better hoopers out of out of us old guys now when we get together he's he's still in pretty good shape even though he's got the little dad bod going on now he's uh he, he still hoops a lot credit to the cataldo middle or uh grade school that i uh, do yeah uh and then to to round that out two individuals and these guys happen to be brothers um reed actually dressed and i'm referring to reed hopkins mm. actually dressed and was on the team uh, Charlie, unfortunately, suffering his knee injury senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was always ironic about that is Charlie was always in every photo, <laughs> and he was in like a shirt and tie, and it was like, oh, he's just going to be out for a couple of games. But that was like the entire year. So, I mean, he was still a part of it, and he was still a part of that state championship team. But I always got a kick out of seeing Charlie there, always hanging on for the picture, being like, hey, I was here too. He'd always end up with like the net or the trophy in his hand <laughs> somehow, you know. <laughs> yeah good old chuck it's uh we'll have to get him on someday it'll be pretty cool uh-huh. uh now what i want to know next is this uh when you let me rephrase when did you know that the team that you were playing with in that senior year was special and had potential to you know win it all and be state champions you know, that's a really tough question because I was thinking about that and I can only speak for myself personally, but we never really had that. I think there was a couple guys, you know, Chris and Parker, that that was, you know, that was their goal and that was their vision. And, and they caught, they could probably tell you that from day one that we could have been that team. But for myself, it was, you know, because people, people forget that the two years before we won state, Prep could have won. Prep could have won state either of those years. They had some pretty good squads there with, you know, Travis Long, David Stocks, Nick Hansen, those guys, and then Ryan Nicholas the next year. That was both of those teams were a couple shots away from, from winning it all. And so, um, I think we were, we just gelled. We were we were a close knit group, and we got hot at the right time. I think it was when we beat Ferris, probably about midway through the year, that. Uh, that, that was kind of the time. You know, that's always nice. You know, it, here with some bullpup pride, always nice when we get those victories over rivals in which prep doesn't have the luxury of having kind of a true set rival and everyone that play, uh, plays prep is basically a rival. Everyone looks at it and says, I want to be prep. So it's kind of cool when we get the luxuries to look at some victories over the Ferrises, the mm-hmm. LCs, in which it's like, yeah, it felt pretty good when we won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you hit on a good thing, 
and that you had alluded to it earlier, you guys played as a team, and that was all the difference in the world. Because it's not like you guys didn't go up against talent, but I think you bought into the system in which McIntyre preached. TOBP, man. TOBP. <laughs> Tremendous on-ball pressure. <laughs> You're on the line, up the line. You know, all of you guys bought into that to where, you know, I think when you look at a, a young kid and especially a high school kid, they can make light or a joke of anything. Mm-hmm. But there's something magical when a high school kid buys in. And I think that that's what everyone had the luxury of seeing when watching you guys play is you are one cohesive unit. And it's not like you look down upon the younger guys on the team. You know, we made jokes earlier about some of the younger <laughs> supporting cast. But those guys came in and you didn't look at it and go, what is coach doing? It was more so it's like, all right, hey, let's go. Yeah. Let's go, Ryan. Here we Next go, man. Um, and so I think that was good. And the last thing I want to hit on that you mentioned was I had totally forgotten the fact that you guys had such success modeled for you. And I think that it plays mm-hmm. a tremendous role on people. And so not necessarily were you guys on the varsity team when you were a sophomore. A lot of you guys played JV. Mm-hmm. But you were still modeled that high level of play. And, you know, what Ho- or uh, Haugen preached, you know, it just when McIntyre slid into things, it was like, no, we got this, coach. We know what your expectation is. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I don't think you can talk about prep basketball without talking about Coach Haugen because he was, you know, alongside with those assistants, Coons and Carney, he was like the visionary behind it. And he built that system and he believed in it and he bought into it and he he lived he lived that system. And I know he never got that he never got that championship, but it was you know, McIntyre coming in as a as a young looking 29 year old, um, he, you know, nothing, nothing away from McIntyre, but he, you know, that was Haugen's system that he built and McIntyre was a product of that. You know, he, he played, he played in that system. He coached his way up and he took advantage of the opportunity that, that was in front of him. And so, yeah, you gotta, gotta pay respect to coach Haugen. Yeah, no, very cool. And we, uh, we wish coach Haugen the best. I believe his wife is a follower of the podcast. So hopefully, uh, she's listening uh, appreciates our kind words. Now, um, what I want to know, and I, I never got to really experience a lot of success in, and wins as an athlete myself. Can you recall, um, what that moment was like when you guys did ultimately win that state title? Hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's, it was a rush of emotions. I think I was actually surprised by how there was almost this feeling of like, well, well now what? You know, we had just taken this, you know, three games in a row. And I think we always had this. I remember there was an article in some Seattle newspaper after we beat Garfield in the semis. And it was like talking about how we didn't celebrate. You know, we all kind of it was just business as usual. You know, we high fived. We picked up our bags and just kind of walked into the locker room. And I, I remember after we won state, there was that initial period of like, oh, my God, we we did this. And then it kind of sunk in. And then we were like. Well, well, now what? You know, we're like seniors. We're all graduating. Uh, you know, so it was, it was, it was bittersweet in a way because it was, it's, it signified the end of it. Um, yeah, but obviously a pretty good way to end it. Yeah, no, very cool. And you know, seeing those pictures even to today, you know, almost what eight, nine years later, it's still cool when I look back and go, <sighs> we're getting old. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's still cool looking back and going, hey you know, we did it. We started kind of something. We were at the precipice of something greater uh, with the years to come and future, future successes that prep has experienced in the past couple of years. And I think 
you know, you could probably credit it a little bit back to, you know, our year and the athletes and talent we brought to prep and success and all of that. Um, now, what I want to know is this, that championship state ring, uh-huh. where is that? I think my mom has it in my basement somewhere. I, she doesn't trust me with these kind of things and and with with a fair reason behind it. So you're telling me that you don't show up to a given day in med school or your rounds <laughs> and say, oh, wait, hold on a second. Let me take my rings off as I uh, sterilize and get my hands washed. <laughs> you know, I probably should have. There's a couple uh, There's a couple Spokane kids in my class that... Um, they they probably wouldn't have taken too kindly to it, but it's also they don't appreciate it, you know. Yeah, it's they they would just view it as me living in the glory days, which I absolutely would be doing. So nothing wrong with that in my book. <laughs> now, um, curiosity for me, I'm a pretty big football fan. Mm-hmm. If you could exchange that basketball state title for a football state title, would you? <laughs> That's a tough question because I I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. So I'll just speak for myself personally, but football was never my number one. Basketball was always my number one sport. It would have been sweet to win to win a state championship uh, on the football team. And I think that was one of the shocking things was that was that was more our year to win state in football. You know, we had Bishop Sankey breaking just about every record in the book. Um and then it ultimately ended in that kind of heartbreaking loss in in Richland to I think we maybe kind of overlooked them, you know, a couple farm boys out there. It was a rainy, wet, soggy, muddy game and made a couple mistakes that, that cost us. Yeah. Speaking of that game, I remember the first play and obviously being an honorary uh, tight end and blocking receiver because we didn't throw the ball very much. <laughs> I remember being in a three point stance and coming off the ball and having their DN punch me in the chest meaning just like give a good push in the chest and just feel like holy smokes i didn't expect that at all like this is going to be a long game and it was just like from the very moment um we apparently didn't embody a lot of tanner hoskins we are the champions um kind of motivation at the beginning of the game to kind of get pumped uh, because they came out and definitely smacked us in the chest. Yeah, literally. for sure. Uh, to take a Coach Cassano is um, uh, they punched us right in the gizzard. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> we still should have won that game, though. They, yeah. they, we we still should have won that game. That was a letdown. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then one last thing that you had said that I completely agree with. I think for the reason why in which you guys were surprised a lot when you won a lot of those basketball games and you know went deep and ultimately won the state championship was for the fact that we made the headlines leading up to the year about football. Man, they've got this six six guy that's going to go to Stanford. Man, they've got this guy that's going to go to UW. I mean, we had this incredibly talented class that you would have thought, yeah, that team should be pretty darn competitive. And we just went up to against some teams that had our number, played better on a, you know, in, in a given night. Um and it just it wasn't meant to be. And we also dealt with some injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. Shane got injured in that year. Charlie got injured in that year. And that made all the difference in the world. I mean, because you basically took out two athletes and leaders in a team and said, you know, be successful and still win. It's like it's it's tough to do. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. It doesn't help when Shane, big game, Schmittelkoffer, you know, your starting quarterback dislocates his or messes up his shoulder pretty yeah. bad on like the opening kickoff of yeah, our first that. game of the year. And all of a sudden, that's Shane's fault though. You know, he's he's kicking the ball and then he's like the third man down the field trying to lay the wood on the biggest <laughs> guard on the thing. Yeah, yeah, no. So I mean, it, it ended 
uh, an unfortunate event, but ultimately, you know, ultimately went on to success for basketball. So getting back to that, um, what I'm curious about is uh, more so this now um, is was there something special about that team that embodied what prep athletics really is? I think so. And from a completely unbiased perspective, uh, I think, I think we absolutely (laughs) did. I think that was, I think that was part of the reason that was so special behind it was that we, you know, we, we were definitely the underdogs we had, like we were saying, you know, we came off a kind of sad end to our football season with, our starting center, you know, Charlie with a torn ACL, you know, I remember tryout Shane and I are just banged up, banged up to wazoo. And it was, uh, yeah, it just felt like, you know, we didn't have a break between football, basketball. We just jumped right in it. We went to, we lost our first game, went over to, uh, to play Davis in like an exhibition game and they kicked our butts. And then I think we lost to Ferris twice, twice during the regular season and then it all started coming together at the end. And I think it was just, it was just how, how gelled we were as a team. And it was, uh, it was kind of an embodiment of it. You said earlier that we, we bought into the, to the G prep system. I don't know if it was so much that we bought in rather than they just indoctrinated us with the Gonzaga prep bullpup philosophy. And, you know, we would joke about all those cliches like TOBP and swarm and stuff. But at the end of the day, you, you look back and we did, we absolutely did that. You know, it was help defense without even a second thought. Um, and so a lot of those principles, no matter how much we laughed at them, they, they worked their way into our, into our psyche. Yeah. And I think that the big word that comes to mind when I hear you talk is just perseverance. I mean, we had the ability, and I would speak more in the association of our class, is we dealt with a lot. I mean, things happened as far as our to our sports teams, and it was not going to be the end of the season. You know, if I want to parallel to football, when in the first game Shane goes down, and that's our starting quarterback, and we have to revert to the single wing, <laughs> would you have expected us to even go to the playoffs? I don't even think so. I mean, we were in contention to win the GSL title. And it came down to a game against Ferris in which we didn't win. But, I mean, who would even thought we would have gotten that far when we didn't have our starting quarterback that we practice all summer with? And then to follow that up, it's you guys have those challenges in basketball. And I think, you know, I want to look at it this way because I was a part of the football team, <laughs> that you guys had the opportunity to experience, hey, it's not like we haven't dealt with injury before. We can handle this. We can persevere through this. It's not going to matter that we're down a guy we can still succeed. And you guys embodied that and ultimately led to that success. And so now it makes me think, not to say I compare McKenna and McIntyre, um, <laughs> but they both got their start right around the same time as a head coach. Both products of the system that both they, products, they, they I mean, took over. Yep, Dave Carson before uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mac and then you know Haugen before uh, McIntyre. So what I want to know is, um, what do you remember about McIntyre? What what stories can you share with us that as a JV coach, ultimately at the varsity level, do we have anything for our listeners or current student body that would get a kick out of oh, learning see, about now, McIntyre? If we're talking to the student body, we got to be careful here. Uh, no, <laughs> McIntyre, he, you know, he's one of those guys that I, he, he was, 
it's tough when you're a coach, you know, you, you know, this from a coaching family and having coached, you can either be a player's coach or you can be, you know, the Paul Manfred discipline you until you, you know, respect the system. And McIntyre had a way of kind of playing both of those, you know, granted he did have coach Carney there who could, who could take over the role of the, the discipliner um, need be, but McIntyre, he's, you know, he's down to earth. He's one of those guys. He, he, he lives and breathes basketball and bullpup basketball to be specific. Um, but I have a couple stories from, from the JV days that he, uh, you know, cause he was pretty young when he was coaching us. And I, I remember he used to, you know, JV practices were always kind of later in that back gym and we would, uh, there, there would be some low energy times and McIntyre, you know, some coaches would just, you know, put you on the line and make you run suicides. But McIntyre had a different way of, of bringing the energy back into practice. He would actually just rip his shirt off and play. He would just, he would be like, you know, we would do these one-on-one or rebounding drills and he would just take his shirt off and just, you know, just beat you up down low until you got mad enough to start rebounding and trying hard. And, uh, that's what we need. We need the sweaty guy from a long game, Paul. That's exactly, there. there's nothing like taking, the, you know, that sweaty chest to the, you know, or, you know, McIntyre, he's, he's not the most athletic guy, but he'd be getting rebounds on us all day long. And he'd be talking to you too. And, you know, he could get in your face and, and speaking from a personal account, <laughs> I grew up around prep athletics and, you know, being around when my dad coached while I was in grade school. And I remember McIntyre coached on the JV football team <laughs> and, you know, he was also coaching basketball at the time too. And I can remember when I got into high school and I believe it was either my freshman or sophomore year, I went over to McIntyre when he was shooting around before practice. And I said, what's up, Maddie? How you doing, man? And he looked at me and I thought that I should run for the hills, man, because he <laughs> looked at me and goes, what'd you call me? What'd you call me? And I was just like, ah, and so, needless to say, that was one of my high school encounters with McIntyre. <laughs> and just to speak to his level of youth. And, you know, I've been there as a teacher where you're young and you want to eliminate people from treating you like they're, they're you know, equal or friend. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, no. Like, you need to treat me with a level of respect. <laughs> like, other coaches can call me Maddie, but I don't need a player, you know, calling Especially me Maddie. Especially a little punk like you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just remember... Um, having hat in hand the next day going into his room going coach i'm really sorry i called you maddie like i didn't mean to and you know i was i just read the situation wrong so that was kind of my first introduction on how to read a room and read a coach one word that that comes to mind when you're talking maddie mcintyre is uh is honorary he you know he's he's an honorary son of a gun and he uh you know that that's that's who he is no, that's really great. You know, it's it's fun. And it's funny to see that Maddie's still there. And I think that Maddie's even embraced the Maddie McIntyre name. Because when I look at the prep website, it no longer says Matthew McIntyre. It says Maddie McIntyre. I don't McIntyre. know no Matthew McIntyre. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so um, now we alluded to earlier and we talked about how uh, you were influenced by the class above you mm-hmm. when you played basketball. Um do you think you impacted underclassmen uh, on the team? And, you know, do you think that your guys' success and your impact and your guys' team impact helped future successes of future programs? Hmm. You know, I, don't, I've, I haven't really thought of that. I guess I never really pictured myself. Uh, role model wasn't the first word that comes to mind when I think about me as a high school player and student. But, you know, I like to think that what we built – 
um, and the, the things that we learned and the coaches took away from that, that championship year. I think I like to think that that translated to, you know, this is what works. This is, you know, reinforced. This is our philosophy. Um, but it's, it's a different kind of ball now, you know, I think, I think we had three dunks on our, on our season that senior year. And I think, uh, you know, Anton Watson's throwing down three a game. So (laughs) it's, uh, it's not, not so much the underdog story, but it's still that same G prep basketball. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. And you know, it, it, what's fair to say is not everyone is going to be this guy that has a tremendous influence on players below him. You know, it's, 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 Particular. I mean, you got to have that leadership quality in which that's what you're all about and that's what you embody. And some guys just let their play do the talking. Um, now, I think I probably give you a little more credit than you're willing to give yourself um, because you had a unique ability in which even to this day where I see photos in which you're in with guys you went to school with, you're one of the guys that can show in a photo, hey, come here, like, let me put your arm, my arm around you and kind of bring them in and say, like, let's remember this moment kind of thing. And, you know, you're a good friend. And you make them feel that way, not only in the moment, but when they get to look back. And it's like, yeah, Steve's a pretty cool guy. I mean, like, he, <laughs> he always took me under his wing. That was kind of cool. You know, what made me think of that was going through some photos just the other day. I saw the prep alumni tournament that you guys played in, what, two years ago that uh-huh. you guys won. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you and Stephenville Olson are in the photo and you have your arm around Stefan and it's just like, come here, man. Like you're good bud kind of thing. I and mean, so Stefan's my boy that we came out of the womb, you know, with our arms <laughs> over each other, Stefan and Steven don't get them confused. Yeah, it's it was not Stefan, Stefan and Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, good fun really is. Um, now after your playing career, mm-hmm. I would have classified it as one in which you could have played at the next level. Why ultimately did you not decide to play, and did you have any offers? Um, you know, I it was a it was a tough decision to make. You know, I I did not have very many offers. I think my my I kind of took took an inventory at the time, and I actually had surgery right after that senior year. Um, and I think was you it know, a sports hernia that you it battled? was a, it was a bilateral sport it happened like you know early oh. on in football and uh happened on one side i just overcompensated until the other side was Dang. um herniated too and so got that figured out you know it was a tough decision because up until that point i had i pretty much identified myself as as an athlete and that was you know pretty much who i was and the plan was always to just keep playing basketball um but i think i i think my parents had a pretty big part and kind of sitting me down and being realistic with me. And, uh, you know, my mom's always known what's, what's good for me. And she kind of subtly nudged me in, in, in a different direction. And I think it ultimately worked out, you know, I still played basketball and, and, and loved it, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was time to move on for me. Yeah, no. And I think that you moved on to greener pastures, obviously. And we'll get to that a moment, kind of where you are now. Um, but to kind of hit on this last question, as far as, bullpup athletics for you in particular mm-hmm. how would you say you know bullpup that athletics shaped you into the man you are today oh man i think you know the older i get and the more i look back on it the more i realize how much it did have an impact on me um you know kind of what we were talking about with with coach higgins just you know pushing me to to just be a better man um, and push myself because I think a lot of the times, you know, we don't, 
we don't realize how much potential that we have or what we could be doing. And I think that prep really did shape me in that way. Um, even though I didn't realize a lot of it, I think it, the, the community, the prep community is strong and, uh, just those, those principles that they, that they beat into you. It's, you know, it becomes who you are and it becomes your core. And that's, you know, those, those are the pillars that I still kind of lean on today. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're in low time, you know, having a tough time, that's, that's what you lean on. And, uh, I think that's digging deep, you know, when adversity, when adversity strikes, uh, it's no longer on the basketball court or football field, but, you know, having that extra, extra grittiness deep down that honoriness, uh, Maddie McIntyre, um, you know, that's what, that's what pushes you through it ultimately. That's really cool. And I think that it's, it really is a testament to how you're challenged at prep, um, on and off the field. And I think that that's a big component because obviously there's that element out there in which I should say is a really a false statement that people can make that, Oh, you go to prep, you must be wealthy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not true. And I think that when you speak to a prep student after, even if they do come from uh, greater financial means uh, to someone that doesn't, uh, the kid is the same. Yeah. You enter prep one way and you exit prep relatively the same way with a lot of core values that you're going to take throughout the rest of your life. And it's what you talked about that I've even found myself in certain situations where, you know, you, you make a leap of faith, you move somewhere, you, you know, you're on your own. And the only thing you have to you is where you've been and what you've learned and what's shaped you. And that really comes out, not immediately after school, but I think until a moment in which you're tested, that all of a sudden it's like second nature, you tap into hey, I learned this at prep and that's what this taught me and that's how I know I'm going to respond or that's how I know I'm going to be okay. And so I think that that's a really, really good way of putting it that, you know, that's what prep does for you. Now, what I want to ask you is, obviously you had a tremendous athletic career at prep, um, but since then, you've obviously transitioned and gone past that. You've been incredibly successful um, I know, and I want you to speak more about it than I, obviously, but you know, you're into medical school now. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything in which you pulled from as far as your prep days that made you successful in college and then ultimately, you know, successful right now in med- medical school? Yeah. I mean, I think most of, most of the success that I've had is, you know, not, not, not being cliche, but just the lessons that you learn in high school, a lot of it I learned from sports. People can learn it from those other outlets as well. But for me, it was sports that taught me the the work ethic and the discipline and the, you know, just digging deep and pushing yourself harder than you think you can go. I think that, you know, like we talked about not playing basketball or sports after high school, I had this kind of void that I needed to fill. And I had that same kind of work ethic and, and I had to apply it to something else. And, you know, intramural basketball just wasn't quite, didn't quite <laughs> fill, fill the whole guy. I filled quite a bit, but, um, you know, and so I was actually able to kind of turn that and embrace the kind of just this curiosity that I had, um, and it, and ended up in neuroscience and, and now medicine. So it's, it's, it's kind of the same mindset that I, that, that I had in high school for sports and that, 
um, that same approach of, you know, this is the goal. Here's what I, here's what I need to do to achieve that goal. And every day just working hard and evaluating yourself at the end. Am I on track? You know, how can I do better? It's like watching films. We don't really watch film anymore, but you know, you think back to, you know, you kind of replay things in your mind. Like, how could I have done that better? Um, so really sports taught me most of the, the important lessons that I learned in life. And, uh, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that's such a wonderful parallel you just made there. And I think that that's really cool. And I think you said it, you know, better than I would have even imagined when I wrote this question down. (laughs) So that's, that's really cool, really cool. And I think that just the way you answered that, it feels genuine. I mean, it doesn't feel like you're just in front of a mic right now saying, this is what I'm supposed to say, or this is what, you know, I, I learned back in the day and I'll just regurgitate it. It's no, it sounds cliche, but it's, you know, it's true. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, I'm an anti-cliche person usually, and uh, <laughs> you know, people that know me know I, you know, I can probably say the right thing, but you can usually tell when I don't mean it, and you know, that's that's something I I go back to prep, and I, I stay in contact with uh, with Maddie and um, a lot of the other guys, and that's that's something that we all reflect on and and have in common now. Yeah, that's great. Um, and what I want to know, and and I want everyone else to have the privilege of hearing. <laughs> Give Uh-oh. a one-minute elevator speech real fast of Stephen Ferraro, where he is right now, update your life, just so I know that there's obviously social media out there, and if we really cared, <laughs> we could look at that. But just give everybody, hey, you are a success story, and that's how I want you to convey yourself right now. Where are you at right now? Update the people out there that want to know. I don't know about an elevator speech, but um, yeah, I graduated prep, went to, went to USD down in San Diego majored in neuroscience, spent a couple of years after that, um, working as an EMT, did some traveling and then ultimately got into medical school at UW, uh, moved back up, up to Washington. I'm currently in my third year of med school doing my internal medicine rotation at Sacred Heart right now, uh, back in Spokane. You know, it's not, it's not a success story yet. I think I've, uh, you know, I owe my success to a lot of, a lot of people, um, that believed in me and pushed me especially when I, you know, did everything I could to maybe even, uh, kind of sabotage that. And, you know, I just had a strong, strong social network and, um, safety net behind me and people that really pushed me. And a lot of those people are from prep. So that's really great. Really is. And then, um, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm happy that you had the chance to share that with people because of the fact that I look at it from the standpoint of you get past, uh, high school, you get past college, and your athletic career, whether it stops at high school or it stops in college, um, life happens. Life moves on. You got to move to something else. And I think what you've attested to here is just because of the fact that basketball and football ended didn't mean that that drive and passion went away. It just got shifted. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. we, we, we may have taken a left turn, but it was still applying it just in another direction. So I think that's so, so amazing for everyone to hear um the the next two things and to kind of wrap us up is this if you were to sit down with an incoming freshman to prep (laughs) what would you tell them do as i say not as i do no i would would, (laughs) an incoming freshman at prep um i mean i still i still remember that day it's you know you're nervous and excited and uh you know you probably go from a being a, a big fish in a small pond to a, 
medium sized fish in a medium pond, but, um, you know, just my only advice would just be enjoy it. I mean, those four years at prep, I, I look back on as some of the best days of my life and you'll never, uh, you know, the amount that you grow in between those years, those, those are some of the most formative years. And you, you know, the, the goal isn't to, to be perfect. It's to make mistakes and learn from them. Don't make it again. Um, you know, push yourself, find yourself and enjoy, enjoy the ride. So yeah, that's no, my... <laughs> and I, and I think that for me, I look at it and it may be, you know, not as in depth. I just remember this. I entered prep and because of the fact that I didn't go to one of the bigger Catholic schools, you know, I didn't go to All Saints, I didn't go to Cataldo, I didn't go to St. Al's, you know, it was Trinity, and I was in a class of 12. You were a um, minnow. You were a minnow in, <laughs> in a medium-sized pool. Exactly. And so when I got to prep, and I remember we had orientation, and then everyone was all excited and was like, oh, freshman, senior dance. <laughs> and and I remember my parents looking at me and going, oh, okay, like, you know, you sure you, you, you do want to go? And I'm like, no, I do not want to go. Like, are you kidding me? And I was just like, I'm, I'm going to be required to dance with a girl. Are you serious? And so it was like, uh, I don't know about that. And I was just like, no, I, I don't want to go. I got, you know, I got other stuff I can do. Like I, I, I really, it's okay. I don't need to don't go. Don't do what Nate did. <laughs> go to the dance. Go to the dance. Because if there's anything I heard that entire freshman year, it was make room for Jesus. No, just <laughs> it was how awesome it was of like, Oh yeah. You know, I danced with her at the, at the dance. And it was like, man, I missed my opportunity to be this like little guy that they would have been like, Oh, he's so cute. I want to dance with them and uh-huh. just miss that opportunity completely. Yeah. You would, you would have got a dance or two, Nate, <laughs> you know, and then you see them in the hallway and they pretend like they don't know who you are, but you're like, I, I know you remember that dance. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember when we, uh, we slow danced to time after time. Uh, <laughs> now last question. And it's more from the scope of things of, we have seniors out there. Mm-hmm. that are probably itching to say, I want to get out of Spokane. I mm-hmm. want to graduate prep. I just want this over with. Can senior year just go by as fast as possible? What would you tell those students going into their last year of prep? I mean, I, I can, I remember those times too. Um, it's a tough time because you feel like you want to, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm a grown up. I'm an adult. I don't want people telling me what to do. I want, you know, I want to have freedom. I want to go explore, but I think my advice is the same thing for the freshman. You know, it's your last year at prep is your last time with all those friends. Like you will never, ever again get to sit down at a lunch table every day with some of your closest friends and just uh, sh- just shoot the crap. And, you know, just 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 be with your t- your tightest, most close knit group of friends. And that's something really special. And as we get older, it's something that we don't you know, we were we were pretty close and we see each other, you know, a couple times a year, people start moving away, getting married, having kids. Everyone goes in their separate directions, and there's no rush to grow up. You know, adulthood and responsibility will come smack you in the face like, a, you know, like a Higashi cut block or a, a Rico spear, and you better be ready for it because, you know, there's no rush for it. Enjoy that senior year, and uh, don't get in too much trouble. You know, sometimes you just need to look at it and go, I'm going to take out the trash. You got to take out the trash. (laughs) Take out the trash. Yeah. And I think that um, when you look at it from the standpoint of slow down what you're saying, don't Mm -hmm. be in a a hurry to grow up. And what you're referring to, too, of 
hey, you are never going to have the opportunity to just sit down and have literally the my most minute worries that you could think of <laughs> when you think about the greater scheme of what you're going to be worried about later in life. And right now you're just worried about that algebra test, you know, on Tuesday. It's like, man, if I could transport back to that and just ha- have a little bit more carefree living, that's incredible. And at the same time, you get to be at at a table, like you said, with your closest friends and just eating lunch together. Mm-hmm. And that's a reality. And I think that the the last thing that you said that it bums me out. I mean, I, I look at it, not that I look back at prep was the glory days. <laughs> it but, was, but yes. <laughs> I look at it from the standpoint of it bums me out. When I look at some of the friendships I did have at prep, mm-hmm. and when you're talking about when just life happens, it's a bummer when I have to look at it and go, yeah, I, you know, I don't really... I don't really talk to that person that much anymore and it's it's too bad. Or, you know, I do get to, you know, say hello and ask how they're doing, but it's more this checkbox mode than it is like, how are you really doing, man? Right. And you're not going to convey that over text message. It's not like you're going to go, well, you know, really, you know, the, the little one's struggling. Yeah, you really want to know how I'm yes, doing right now? <laughs> the little one's struggling. Work is not great. You know, it's, they're never going to divulge that stuff to you in a conversation anymore like they do when you're close like that in high school and for, I'm not saying that's everybody. Yeah. You may still stay close with, you know, a good majority of your friends, but you know, you're the anomaly is what I'm telling you. Yeah. And I think that's a good point, but it's also, a, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword in a way that, yeah, everyone grows up and moves away and, you know, you lose contact with people and you only see their, uh, you know, superficial cells that we all post on Facebook and Instagram. But I think that one of the, the upside is that, the prep community is strong. And I think some of those relationships at prep are, you know, when, you know, all of the traveling I've done and people I've seen, and I have not seen a closer community than the prep community. And I, I run into people that, you know, I haven't seen in five years and we just pick up right where we left off. And it's, I, I know there's at least, you know, 30 people in our class that I could call up at any given time. And I know they would, they would pick up the phone and, and they would be there for me too. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's sad that all good things come to an end, but you know, if they lasted forever, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be special. Yeah, no, and absolutely. And you're on to bigger, I don't want to say better things, but great things. I mean, you are, and I, you know, I don't want to short sell prep not at all. not the lilacs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, the last thing is this, I just want to say thanks, uh, for coming on the show. Um, one of the things that you're proving true in this podcast is, there are people out there that maybe don't keep as close touch with you or want to know what's going on in your life. And just have listen to pub sports podcast. There you go. It's, <laughs> it's just that opportunity to go, Oh man, what's he up to? I wonder what stories he's going to share. And that's really what it's all about. So you listen to 10 minutes, 10 minutes of it. You listen to the whole podcast, you know, whatever your fancy is, uh-huh. you know, we're here to provide that. And we I just want to thank we you. We did some rambling, huh? We were, uh, we were talking. Hey, if but, anyone made it to this point in the podcast, shoot me a text. We're, we're going to have, I'll buy you a beer. Okay. I think you should have Shane Schmidlkoffer on next. Are we allowed to, uh, it's like the ice bucket challenge, right? We get to call out. <laughs> I want Shane Schmidlkoffer, Johnny Bartage, and ooh, that's to be one. continued and to be continued. <laughs> And um, no, I want Nikolai Bulak on here because I follow him on Instagram and he's like in the world series of poker. Like, have, have you, do you follow him? No. First off, he hit the half court basketball shot at a gun. I do remember game. that. And I was there for that <laughs> and in didn't person. didn't buy anyone beers afterwards, <laughs> I recall. But he's, he's like, you know, he's in the world series of poker. So he's betting like, you know, thousands of dollars. You should, you should check him out. Nikolai I want Nikolai, Bulak. Nikolai, if you're out there, I, I'm sorry. 
that uh you know i used to tickle your ear with a pencil in mr tom Berry's <laughs> math class but i you're a badass now and we need you on this podcast oh man no that that is an excellent contact for me it will be a direct message tonight <laughs> to him for sure world series of poker question mark now um it, you are you alluded to it it's like you read my text messages without me knowing but uh to come we have some people to really look forward to um coming up next we will have johnny bardich on the show and uh he's done incredible things with the prep soccer program and Uh so really looking forward to having him on to talk about that um then after that we will have um shane down the road i spoke with him he's going to be out of town Um, but when he comes back we're going to look to have him on the the program and then uh a possible wild card. I'll mention the name. Um, she's very busy. Every time I talk with her, I'm lucky if I get a, a response back within a day or two. Um, Yamani Taylor. Yamani. Possibly. Yamani <laughs> could potentially. Yamani and I text all the time, dude. She's just giving you the cold shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. <laughs> Yamani, if you're listening out there, thank you. I've got a witness here looking at me and saying, you know, yeah, you just don't know her well anymore. Now, um, uh, one other person that I want to highlight next Monday, I'm going to sit down with Karina Kelsey and mm. Karina works for prep right now. And she was not only close with Joe Fern as a student, mm. as um, a, you know, an athlete, yeah. and then also ultimately as a work colleague. And so I'm really looking forward to sitting down with her to talk about obviously bullpup athletics and then also the influence and kind of a tribute to Joe Fern, um, who recently passed away, if you don't know, on July 5th. I think it was right around that time. And so my thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And uh, we're looking forward to having her on the program to, you know, give you guys that opportunity to, to, you know, to to laugh, to cry, uh, to just enjoy some memories about Joe Fern. Yeah. Rest in peace, Joe Fern. That guy affected a lot of lives. Yeah. So, um, again, Stephen, thank you for being on the program. And uh, stay tuned for additional content on the Pup Sports Podcast, or as we like to call it, PSP. Go Pups.